FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! Oh, a wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the Championship. It's back-to-back defeats for the first time under John Mussino. Sheffield Wednesday head it on now. They're right at the six-yard box and they smash it into the bottom corner from Windass. It was a great finish with the right foot. No chance for Macy. It's Portsmouth nil. Sheffield Wednesday won. Josh Windass won it for Wednesday with his first half strike, inflicting the new Blues head coach his first defeat on home soil. We'll hear exactly what Mussino had to say about the game between now and seven o'clock. I think we were really unlucky, really unlucky not to come away with at least a point based on the display, based on the performance. The effort was was clearly there from the first minute to the, the 98th or whatever it was. We will also catch up with all things Pompey women. I spoke this weekend to defender Ella Humphrey, who highlights the emotions that flow every time she represents her hometown club. It's just like unbelievable, really. I can't I can't put it into words a lot of the time, but it's just one of them things where like you sometimes have to think about where you are because I sort of forget that I'm wearing a Pompey shirt and it does, it means everything to me. The girls were back in action this weekend and were striving for a much-anticipated victory following consecutive defeats in their two games prior. Yesterday's league encounter with Plymouth Argyle ended in a 1-0 win for the Blues after a difficult game at the PMC Stadium. Head coach Jay Sadler will tonight be sharing his thoughts on the game. We've been resilient, resolute to keep them out and keep a clean sheet and ultimately we're really happy with the three points. And as always, Pompey fans, we're eager to air your thoughts across the show this evening as well. How would you assess Joe Piggott's presence up top on Saturday? What did you learn from the Blues' performance? And what changes, if any, of course, would you make for tomorrow's trip to Accrington? It's 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Welcome to 93.7 Express FM. On this Monday evening, I invite you in to join me here on another episode of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome once again to the Football Hour, the show which this season is driven to you by Stagecoach Across the South. Visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide in your area. Well, on the way tonight then, myself and two more Pompey Voices will be with you to deliver full reaction to Saturday's encounter with Sheffield Wednesday, a preview of the Blues trip to Atkinson Stanley this midweek and some content regarding the Pompey women as well. We'll hear from both Ella Humphrey and Jay Sadler over the course of the next now 54 minutes or so here on the Footblower. As always, Pompey fans, we invite you to have your say on the show this evening, all the usual ways. If you don't know them by now, I will, of course, read them out throughout the entire show this evening. Can be found on our website, expressfm.com. 
Com. So before I invite any of my guests on to this evening's conversation, a reminder of what happened at Fratton Park on Saturday afternoon. Ian Wilding and Guy Whittingham have a commentary of Pompey versus league leaders Sheffield Wednesday. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He's gone! This is you want to believe it. Pompey Live. So Pompey looking to return to winning ways after that defeat against Barnsley on Tuesday night. Pompey to our left, Sheffield Wednesday to our right. And let's see what the Blues can do. Sheffield Wednesday head it on now. They're right the six-yard box and they smash it into the bottom corner from Windass. It was a great finish with the right foot. And it was a first chance for Sheffield Wednesday of the afternoon. Bottom corner, no chance for Macy. It's Portsmouth nil, Sheffield Wednesday one. Poor pass, straight at Morrell. Portsmouth looking to get forward here on the breakaway. Tanner Cliff to Rafferty. Oh, Rafferty just slips at the wrong time. And now Brown's on the attack for Sheffield Wednesday. He's got lots of space. Three in the box. He's into the penalty area. Four, five sidesteps. Left to the six-yard box. And then Pompey do win it back, though, from Morrell. And he's fouled. And Pompey win another free kick. More cheers. Free kick to Pompey. Left to right as we sit. 1-0 Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, goalkeeper under pressure there from Bishop. But can only put it straight towards Piggott. And Piggott is pushed 10 yards away from the penalty area. Well, there were two of them chasing the goalkeeper there, Dawson. He did well to get it away, to be fair to him, under the pressure he did. He did take a bit too much time on the ball, but as a result, a push, and Pompey have got a free kick. Bannon with a left-footer and a five-foot-five midfielder goes left-hand corner, penalty area. Crossed in, header from Windass wide. That was the chance for Sheffield Wednesday to extend their lead. Cross came in for that left-hand side from James. Big, big opportunity. Pompey survives, still just a one-goal in it. Lovely chip down the left towards Ogilvy from Towler, and then Ogilvy has fouled there, obstructed from Iorfa, who's already been booked. He's off, yeah. He is a second yellow card, and Dominic Iorfa has received his marching orders. A red card for Dominic Iorfa, both yellow cards in the second half. And Sheffield Wednesday have got to play the final 12 minutes of normal time with 10 men. Can Pompey take advantage? And it's Sheffield Wednesday who have a long trip back, but they pick up the three points today. It is Pompey who didn't really test the goalkeeper at all today. And they lose by one goal to nil. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There we are then. A reminder of Pompey's 1-0 defeat to league leaders Sheffield Wednesday at PO4 at the weekend. Some other results to bring to you then. Barnsley 3-0 winners over second place Plymouth Argyle. Bolton Wanderers 0, Ipswich Town 2 in a massive game at the Tough Sheet Community Stadium. Elsewhere, Burton Albion 2, Wickham Wanderers 1, Charlton 1, Accrington Stanley 1, Exeter City 2, Lincoln City 1, Fleetwood 1, Port Vale 1, Forest Green Rovers 1, Bristol Rovers 3, MK Dons 1, Cambridge United 0, Oxford United 2, Derby County 3, Peterborough 0, Cheltenham Town 3 and Shrewsbury Town 3, Morecambe 1. And uh, that makes the table um, a little bit exciting for, for some, not necessarily for Pompey at this stage. But Sheffield Wednesday, now 22 league matches unbeaten for the Owls. They remain top of the table and extend their lead at the top of the division to three points. They've now got 77. Plymouth Argyle in second on 74 and Ipswich in third with 72 points. Barnsley, Derby County and Bolton Wanderers make up the remainder 
remainder of those playoff positions. Bolton in sixth, winless in their last three, have 63 points to their name. Pompey remain in tenth after back-to-back defeats. They have 51 points, so 12 points behind the Trotters with two games in hand. At the bottom, Forest Green Rovers are rooted to the very foot of the table with 23 points, 12 points away from safety. They're joined alongside Cambridge United, MK Dons and Morecambe in the relegation zone. Tomorrow's opponents for Pompey at Crimpton Stanley are 20th, two points above the drop zone with two games in hand. So that's you up to date with your results and uh, your league table from the weekend then after Pompey's 1-0 defeat to Sheffield Wednesday. And alongside me to discuss all things Pompey and to go over that loss at Fratton Park. First and foremost, delighted to welcome onto the footblower, Mr Alex Fletcher. Alex, a very good evening to yourself, sir. Hi, Jake. Thanks very much for having me on again. And alongside Alex this evening, we have Sam Macy. Sam, good evening. Hello, Jake. Always a pleasure to be on the show. And it's a pleasure to have you both on the show tonight. Alex, we'll start with yourself. A 1-0 defeat for Pompey at the weekend to the league leaders, Sheffield Wednesday, the most informed side in the division. They are now 22 league games unbeaten. The last time they tasted defeat was on the 4th of October, of course, 2022. Um, Was that a result you saw coming, Alex? And if it was... Does that mean you're not necessarily as disappointed about it than you might have been another defeat? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a result that everyone can can predict with uh, with Sheffield Wednesday's record and our current perhaps slightly inconsistent form. Uh, I think we'd certainly give them the game. I don't think it would be easy. And from from all accounts, it seems to have, to have been unfortunate. I was unable to uh, to attend the match, but from all accounts, it sounds like it was actually a a very very competitive game. We didn't uh, didn't disgrace ourselves too much, but. At the end of the day, we didn't get any points and, and Sheffield Wednesday leave with all three and even though they fence with 10 men, they, they are just a winning machine at the moment and they're a team that are destined for a return to the championship as uh, as league champions. So it's not too disappointing, mm. but obviously in the grand scheme of things from a Pompey perspective, that's where we want to be and that's where we want to be challenging. So it's a, it's a bit of an indication of, of, of where we are at the moment as a club. Yeah, and it does seem a, a case more of when, not if. Sheffield Wednesday are now promoted back into the Championship, Sam. And, you know, w- we mentioned that it's a it's a result maybe that was expected. Um, but that doesn't mean we're not frustrated to lose. We, we don't want to be defeated in any sort of game. But it's more, more or less coming to terms with the loss itself, isn't it, Sam? Given the quality of your position, Sheffield Wednesday performed therein. Um, the, the, the turnaround that Pompey have had under John Messina, despite, of course... A bit of a difficult week last week. Um, a 1-0 defeat to the league leaders, having given them a pretty good game as well, um, actually in, in some ways gives you a little bit of confidence heading into sort of the, the final third of a campaign. Yeah, it does. I think maybe it came a little bit too early for us. Sort of the, the, the two games which we've had this week is probably two of the toughest games which which you probably can have in League One. Barnsley away, followed by Sheffield Wednesday at home. And you look at some of the players which Sheffield Wednesday have, you've got Barry Bannon, Josh Windass, who are miles too good for League One and, and when you've got players like that they're match winners which proved to be on, on Saturday with, with Windass taking his goal really really well um, yeah maybe just came a little bit too early for us probably hope. I think we're all hoping this time next season we're going to be in a similar position to Sheffield Wednesday obviously that's a tremendous run they're on and some of the players they've got is it's understandable um, hopefully given a full summer Moussinho can implement his ideas and, and, and system with, with, with a fresh batch of players but 
yeah, possibly just came a little bit too early for us Saturday. Mm. Anthony Hess on Twitter uh, says, uh, weirdly wasn't at all disappointed leaving the ground. I thought we held our own against the championship team and deserved at least a draw. Piggott impressed in the first start for ages. Uh, work needed on our delivery in the final third. Oh, and the referee had a shocker as well with thoughts there of Anthony Hess. We're going to come on to quite a few of those talking points within Anthony's tweet in just a few moments' time. But first now to hear from the head coach himself. John Messino spoke to Max Swatton shortly after the full-time whistle at Fratton Park. Well, John, defeat at Fratton Park, but through no lack of trying, do you feel that result was maybe not worthy of the performance display? Yeah, I think we were really unlucky, really unlucky not to come away with at least a point based on the display, based on the performance. Um, you know, the the effort was was clearly there from, from the first minute to the 98th or whatever it was and you know that was never in doubt I thought in terms of um, commitment and, and effort levels that was that was superb and there was some good play as well it wasn't just that it wasn't just that we were we were out there having a having a go because that's the bare minimum that we expect from the players there was also some some good play some good quality and unfortunately we just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net and ultimately that was the difference between the two sides what do you think your side needed to do differently or was it just a matter of the luck not being on our side today I know there's there's you know yeah, a little bit of luck not being on our side, but I think we've got to deal with the the, the ball better for the goal. Um, what separate what separated us from Sheffield Wednesday today? Um, goal kick from, or I think uh, the goalkeeper took a free kick, and flick straight through with the runner um, goal. So we have to deal with that better. And then when we do go a goal down, um, which we'll find ourselves in plenty of games, we've got to make sure that we then find enough quality to get back into it and I thought we, we dominated the game probably up until the final third and we couldn't quite get enough in terms of quality crosses and chances in the box and we did have some good chances in the second half but um, you know we need to keep building on that and keep making sure that we create more and more and more and more. Yeah as you say you think we dominated the game up until the final third that red card probably changing the game how do you think it did that? Yeah, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday camped in at, at that point. It, it was an interesting one because um, as much as Sheffield Wednesday killed the game after the red card, they were doing it before that. They were actually doing it at nil-nil, which is, I suppose, a sign of respect in terms of where we've come and what sides are going to come and do here because they're league leaders and, and I suspect they'll go on and win the league. Um, so we need to deal with that a bit better and we need to make sure that uh, those are the sort of things that we're going to see, those are the challenges we're going to face at Fratton Park when sides come here and, and, and kill the game, slow things down, make things very difficult for us. Um, and ultimately, you know, the, the better we deal with that, then the, the better we'll end up being as a team. You had the chance to obviously regroup at half-time. What was your message to the players at the break? I'm guessing one along the lines of, we're still in the game here. Yeah, very much. Very much the message was, you know, we have to deal with the, the goal better. Absolutely, but keep doing the right things. We're, we're playing well. We're causing Sheffield Wednesday problems, and I, I didn't see a huge amount uh, of of them in our third or in our half. And so we've got to keep doing the same thing. Sometimes you get in at half time, you need to change things, and sometimes you get in and, and things are going pretty well. And that was really what we, we spoke about as a staff quickly before we went in. It was, do we need to change anything? And, and the answer we thought was no. And you know yeah, that proved, I think, to be to be the right thing. Just just keep going with the game plan, and we very nearly got there, but unfortunately, just wasn't quite enough. As you said, Sheffield Wednesday, league leaders, probably going to go on and win the league, as you said. But what does it say about your side? You know, the fact that you're able to put on such a performance today. I think it says it says quite a lot. It says quite a bit. And, and I did ask the question of the players there at the end of the game. I said, you, know, you tell me what separates you individually and as a team from. Uh, from Sheffield Wednesday and there are a few things there there are a few things that we we need to get better at individually and, and collectively uh, but I don't think that gap is um, insurmountable we're not looking at it today thinking oh my god they're just miles and miles and miles ahead of us and and that's quite pleasing so as disappointing as the loss is we can take a huge amount from it you made two changes to the 11 Paddy and Pigs coming in what was the reasoning behind them 
Well, um, you know, Paddy, Paddy's been training really well and he's looked promising when he's, when he's come on a couple of times recently and I thought he did, um, did well at Barnsley the other night when he came on and to be honest today I thought he was one of our one of our best players he, he looked like a real attacking threat um, and I was really pleased with with Paddy's performance it's, it's been a bit stop start since he's coming in January so um, yeah really really pleased for Paddy and, and hopefully he can kick on after that and, and again what we need to do with, with Joe is get a few more attacking options and, and show our intent to come and win the game with, with Joe on the pitch and again I thought he did he did very well hence he stayed on for the for the full 90 minutes he provided a nice link in there just playing off Colby and we wanted to sort of maintain the shape that we've been playing recently um, so it wasn't just sticking two up top. We wanted a bit of balance. And, um, and again, yeah, for, for the most part, I think um, it worked. The post-match thoughts of John Musino from Saturday's 1-0 defeat to Sheffield Wednesday at Fratton Park. Alex uh, Fletcher and Sam Macy alongside me this evening. Um, Sam, it, it was two changes for Pompey on Saturday, one of which Tom Lowry, um, oh, Tom Lowry and Dane Scarlett, sorry, both dropping out of the side for Paddy Lane and Joe Piggott. Joe Piggott we'll talk about uh, in a short while, but Paddy Lane included in the starting 11. What did you make of, of his performance and what he added to the team and a player who hasn't really had too many starts under John Messina so far. Yeah, it's been a bit tough for Paddy since he's come in. Obviously, I think expectations were high, sort of a big transfer fee at this level, and and he's not really sort of come in with the with the immediate effect he'd be after. Um, I think it's just been a little bit of a bedding period for him with the squad, and I think that's understandable when you're in new surroundings. Um, but yeah, he looked really good every time he's he, every time I've seen him. He's he's looked direct and he wants to attack players, which is which is what you want, especially with some of the injuries we've got. We've got out wide. Now's the perfect time for him to start making his mark on the team and be one of the first names on the team sheet for next season. It's just it's good to see he's a young player who's going to improve. And yeah, I think I think the future looks bright, especially if we can recapture the form he showed at Fleetwood last year. Yeah. Okay, then more Pompey men's chat to come in part two of the Footblower this evening, but also coming up in the next part of the show. The three of us here, uh, as we mentioned, will continue to tube a fact from Saturday's defeat at Fratton Park, but we'll, we'll also move on to review what went down for the Pompey women in their league meeting with Plymouth Argyle on Sunday. We'll hear from head coach Jay Sadler, as well as defender Ella Humphrey, who recalls her recent experience on international duty with the Wales under-19s. To represent your country at that level is just amazing. We had some really like good opponents to go with it. Um, so I think it was just a really good experience for me to get some more exposure overall, just a really good positive experience that it's always like that. So it's really good to just get some football in. Plenty more to come here on the only radio station that is passionately Pompey. You're listening to the Football Hour on Express FM. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM.
Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, delivering to you, of course, this season by Stagecoach across the South. You can download their app right now simply by searching for Stagecoach on either the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can prepay for your ticket and even track your bus on a live mapping system as well. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Alex Fletcher and Sam Macy on the show this evening. And so far, we've digested a little bit from Saturday's 1-0 defeat to Sheffield Wednesday at Fratton Park and we're going to continue to do so um, now. And previously, before the break, we heard a, a tweet from Anthony Hess regarding um, holding our own against a championship team and deserving at least a draw. Um, Alex, given the flow of the game and given Sheffield Wednesday their position at the top of the table, the chances that Pompey did have in that match, and if we're being quite honest, the fact that Sheffield Wednesday had to resort to a bit of time-wasting uh, throughout the entire 90 minutes, really... You can be somewhat proud of this Pompey team. For it, it, it does sound strange uh, to, to say only a one-nil defeat, but but that quite simply is the case, isn't it? It, it? it could have been worse, and perhaps many fans were expecting it to be a little bit, a little bit more than that. I think you know it's it is a sign of the times. I think it is a positive that we're moving in the right direction. It would seem. Obviously, we had a sort of disastrous period towards the back end of the Cowley's regime. Um, and then even in the interim period, we had some very, very bad performances. I think what Massini has done since he's come in has been able to not just steady the ship, but also perhaps look at the um, look at the players that we have in the squad and be able to utilise them for their best qualities. And I think that's something that perhaps the Cowleys uh, overlooked or were mistaken uh, at times in terms of getting those positions right. I still don't think that uh, as a team or as a unit, we're anywhere confident or skillful or tactically astute enough to be competing with these top teams but we are at least now consistently going into games like going against Cheltenham for example confident that we're going to get a result at home and we do and we, we go to um, away performances such as Fleetwood as well you're confident you're going to go in there and get a result and you do it's those kind of things like that that shows us a step in the right direction because we didn't have that towards the back end of the college regime it is strange to say it is bizarre considering the standards that we set and the standards that we should have as Pompey yeah. but I think the situation, you have to take the positives where they come. Absolutely. Uh, and also mentioned within that tweet we read uh, before the break, um, <coughs> Sam, was regarding Joe Pickett and how he impressed in his first start for what seems like a very, very long time. His hold-up of a ball, his knockdowns to, to Colby Bishop as well, uh, we know it didn't quite pay dividends in, in terms of actually putting a ball into the back of the net, but he was awarded the, uh, the Player of the Match award from the sponsors towards the end of the game. What did you make of, of his performance on Saturday? I think he's been the ultimate professional this season. I think he's found his chance on the pitch limited and he's he's not kicked up a fuss about it. He's not throwing his toys out the pram. He's, he's just got on with it. And I think that's what you can ask from, from a player like Joe Piggott. And every time he has got his chance, he's, he's looked good. I think if you look at the first game of the season against Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday, again, he was he was excellent there. Got a couple of assists. He chipped in with, with, with some big goals. The, the second one away at Fleetwood. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just another another good performance from him. I think I'd love to see him coming in on a permanent in the summer, especially if he can carry on this this sort of form. But yeah, he's just busy. He just he just he just works incredibly hard and he's incredibly selfless. I think if you if you can get him with him with him with Colby Bishop and mm. both of them firing, then you've got two brilliant players. Yeah. 
Uh, Linda Mail on the emails has got in touch saying although you couldn't fault the commitment from the players, there was only one team who was going to win. Apart from being a good side, their physical strength against us was there to see. We have a lot of players who couldn't compete against uh, this team in a 50-50 tackle situation. Our midfield was lacking in physical strength. If Marlon Pack was able to play, he may have provided some of this. I thought Joe Piggott played well and seeing Prozanecki on Saturday brought back some great memories. What he lacked in running, he more than made up with his free kicks. Player Pompey, Linda Mel on the emails. Yeah, great to see um, former Blues player Robert Prozanecki in attendance at Fratton Park at the weekend. Um, we've got another uh, text here from Graham Wilkins. Hi, Jake. Hi, all. Firstly, we lost to what I believe are the future champions of this league. We have to remember that Wednesday have a squad but have been together for a while now and they have Barry Bannon, who is a brilliant player who's too good for this division. I thought we were unlucky to lose and it all came down to a big punt from their goalkeeper, flick on and a ruthless finish. One thing I found funny was Towelgate and how much it frustrated their bench. On the whole, we never tested their keeper so we didn't get any joy. On the subject of Raggett not getting sent off, then the same could be said for Brown who took out Rafferty in the first half. Graham Wilkins um, on the text. Thank you very much for getting um, in touch. Um, Alex, I-, I know you said you wasn't at the game on Saturday. I- I'm I'm assuming you've seen the goal from from Josh Windass with his right foot at, at that kind of angle, ball over the top, really nice tidy finish in, into the far corner. Um, that really did kind of emphasise the quality between the two teams. It wasn't Sheffield Wednesday's best performance, I, I can imagine, throughout the entire campaign. Um, if it is, then they've got to the top of the league um, very bizarrely. But um, but that that really was the difference on Saturday, wasn't it? One one ball over the top, a fantastic finish, and you've got to credit someone like Josh Windass for for executing that. There's not really a lot Matt Macy could have done about that. Exactly, and and the problem is when you when you sort of let in a team that's that good and has got that much confidence and is in that good a form with however many games they've won or or, or been undefeated in, is that you go one nil down and they know how to grind out those results as a good team regardless of how well you played and obviously we've had some good moments we've had uh, single individual players out for praise and that so despite all of that they're still able to get that result because that's what these good teams do and that's what teams that win championships do so for me you know we can't it's so annoying being in those early stages because then you feel like you've got an uphill battle against the best team in the league for the rest of the match you shouldn't really be letting them in that early but at the same time you have to take your hat off to the quality and you have to say that they are the best team in the division and and they show it and if it if it's just one moment of quality sometimes that's all it takes and that's all it took for them on on Saturday and that's that's just what good teams do Wayne Harris on Twitter just for 22 goals conceded for Sheffield Wednesday in the league this season just one defeat in 22 as well winning ugly yes are they bothered no they've done a professional job on us but I also thought we matched them for long periods despite hardly troubling the goalkeeper Unlucky was Wayne's uh, one-word summary of that match on Saturday. Michael Hinks says Pompey just lacked the cutting edge. The referee completely lost the game, which proved it when he was just allowed. He just allowed Wednesday to kick the ball about leading to the melee. And yeah, that's something I want to touch upon as well, um, Sam. It was discussed on Pompey Live after the full-time whistle at the weekend. Um, Joe Morrell, alongside uh, a Sheffield Wednesday player as well, were both handed yellow cards late in that first half uh, for a bit of a melee which ensued shortly after one of the Sheffield Wednesday players had kicked the ball away um, that, that Pompey had won for a free kick and that was something we saw pretty much from the off on Saturday if we're being completely honest Sheffield Wednesday 
game management, time wasting, whatever you want to call it, every single opportunity, knocking the ball out away, you know, five yards, ten yards down the line, just to delay Pompey's throw-ins, free kicks, goal kicks, whatever it may be. And that ultimately, it, it, it did lead to, to the scuffle in the middle. And you can't help but think, but if the referee, Ben Toner, had, had taken a hold of that situation a bit earlier in the match and, and actually really punish Sheffield Wednesday for that kind of time wasting. Um, it's not me sat here saying we've lost the game because of that, because it's not. But that, that those yellow cards are prevented. That, that fight in the middle is prevented, but the referee didn't quite have that hold over the game, did he? No, I think as a referee, you need to sort of let the players know early what, what sort of game it's going to be. And I think it completely just, you know that the crowd are going to be on your back if, if the away team's doing that, especially when they're sat in a 1-0 um, lead. And I think players like Joe Morrell, he sort of does play on the edge a little bit, sort of like very, he, he's got it in him, isn't he, Joe Morrell? He, he sort of sees the red mist at times, which is what you love as a fan, but it, it, it can not help. And I think it, it could have it could have just ruined the game even more if, if Joe Morrell's done something silly and he's gone in and um, and done something to the Sheffield Wednesday player. But yeah, it's, it's just frustrating. I think the, the standard of officiating this year, I think I, I hate to blame officials, but I don't, I can't remember a good referee at Fran Park this season. And this it's, it's, it's a real shame because it does kill a lot of games. I think, I think it wasn't just for, for, for us, but it was for them as well. Yeah. Um, I think that that's Sean Ragged tackle, which has been doing the rounds on social media is, is a little bit, a little bit here or there as well. So it's great I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I think both teams are sort of going to be annoyed with the ref, but yeah, he's, he's in the control from minute one. Yeah. Um, given that tackle, Sam from Sean Raggett, we've, we've mentioned it. Um, he did win the ball. Um, we'll, we'll give him that. It was a it, it was a powerful one. He went in into that slide tackle with with a bit of pace. It was sideways on to the Sheffield Wednesday player. You can understand maybe some of the um, concerns from from the Wednesday teammates in regards to that foul. But it's one of those where, well, quite frankly, he does win the ball. So it, is it really a sending off as, as many of the Sheffield Wednesday fans have been claiming on social media since? We, we know it's a, it's, it's a tough one, yes, but is it a sending off? Is it, is it that harsh? I think it's one of those where if that's if that's someone from Sheffield Wednesday making a tackle on Colby Bishop or Joe Pigg, I think we're going to be calling for him to be sent off. And I think maybe taking off t- taking off my blue tinted glasses a little bit, I think it kind of goes either way. Obviously, Obviously, he has won the ball, but I think it's the force which he does. And I don't... He's on the edge of his own box, facing his own goal. Is it really a tackle which needs to be made? Probably not, and that's maybe that's maybe where I can see Sheffield Wednesday's point of view. But yeah, I think if 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 it's if it's Sean Ryan going into that tackle, it's a yellow card. But then theoretically, Mark McGuinness from Sheffield Wednesday, if he's going into that tackle on Colby Bishop, then we're going to be calling for it to be a red card. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. Sam, thank you very much. Alex, do hold tight as well. We'll be back with both of you guys in just a few uh, moments' time. Don't forget, Pompey fans as well, back home, you can get involved with the show this evening. 81400 is our text number. Start your messages with the word express. Add your name at the end as well so we know who you are. You can tweet using at ExpressFM, email sport at expressfm.com or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We now move on to talk about the Pompey women. A big weekend for them has just occurred. They were back in league action following back-to-back defeats in both league 
and Cup as well. We'll come on to talk about their result over Plymouth Argyle in just a few minutes' time. We'll also hear the post-match reaction of Jay Sadler. But we begin by taking a listen back to my catch-up with defender Ella Humphrey on Saturday morning. Ella was recently involved with the Wales under-19s following another international call-up. And I asked the Brighton Loney how it felt to be called upon to represent her country again. Um, I honestly don't think there's anything better. Um, it means a lot to me. Obviously, like we're a really close knit team, and like to represent your country at that level is just amazing. We had some really like good opponents to go with it. Um, so I think it was just a really good experience for me to get some more exposure and some minutes on the pitch with the uh, with the girls and stuff. But overall, just a really good positive experience. That it's always like that. So it's really good to just get some football in and you know play new opponents and stuff like that so it was just a really a really good time and a nice trip away what kind of experiences and learnings can you take from these opportunities and apply them to your role at club level i think it's obviously like the standards and you're getting coached by different coaches so you can take new information over back to your back to your club and stuff like that um obviously like the standard is really high so you do pick things from other people and like other people are spurring you on so that you, you can learn a lot through like football wise um but obviously like, off the pitch as well like it's such a, a different environment it's really mature and it's really like professional so obviously that you can learn new things from that because it is like a full-time like you're there for 10 days and you're learning so much. So I think it's a really professional environment that you can learn a lot from that sense. Um, But yeah, obviously the football is just like such a high quality. So you have to like be constantly driving yourself and you can take that away back to club, just the standards and the standards on and off the pitch, really. Yeah. Uh, The women's under 19 Euros coming up in April. How much are you looking forward to the tournament? Uh, A lot. Yeah, I think it will be a good like a new challenge for us obviously we we're we're in league b so i think it's a an opportunity for us to show that we're like the, one of the top teams and we need to perform and we need to get good results and we're luckily we're in wales so that'll be a good chance for us to get some home fans behind us i mean we have got really good fans regardless but obviously nice to get some home fans behind us and we can really just show everyone what we can do and it's a chance to try new things and you know get some good players in and all just have a good fun experience as it's our last camp of the year so obviously we want to do well and put on a good show but just to get like just to get the results like we need to win those games and it's like that we they're must wins so obviously we do need to work hard in the football and on the pitch and stuff but obviously off the pitch is a massive part of it too um so obviously just working really hard together as a team um, to be able to get good results for those games and get back up to League A. Yeah. And just finally, you're on loan at Pompey from Brighton and Hove Albion, but you are a Blues fan through and through. Do you get that extra bit of buzz on a match day at the moment when you're pulling on the shirt of your supporter club? Oh, absolutely. It's a feeling that I never thought I'd have, actually. It's um it's it's just like unbelievable, really. I can't I can't put it into words a lot of the time, but it's just one of them things where like you sometimes have to think about where you are because I sort of forget that I'm wearing a Pompey shirt and it does it means everything to me it's obviously a family club that we all support so all my family are so proud of me and stuff so I just want to do well and really show the club what I can do because obviously it does mean everything to me but yeah it is a surreal feeling obviously like scoring a goal meant everything to me so I want to just keep doing that and keep proving to the fans that you know, I'm a, I'm a decent player and I can show them what I can do. But 
it's just yeah it makes me strive for things and it really does it it means everything yeah it was really great to chat to Pompey women's defender Ella Humphrey uh, at the weekend uh, to talk all things Pompey women a call up to the Wales under 19s as well the defender is on loan from Brighton and Hove Albion but of course is a Pompey fan through and through enjoying her loan spell with the Blues this season now moving on to the Pompey women's result on Sunday it was a 1-0 victory for Jason side in the league against Plymouth Argyle. It was a Jazz Younger uh, strike very late on at the PMC Stadium, meaning the Blues remain second in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. They have 37 points, Ipswich atop on 38 points, and Oxford United are behind in third with 36 points. However, Oxford United do have two matches in hand. The Pompey women do take Oxford United on actually in just a few weeks time that's Sunday the 16th of April at Wesley Park so an interesting encounter set to happen there in just a few weeks time but back to yesterday a 1-0 victory for Jay Sadler's side he caught up with Max Swatton after a full-time whistle at the PMC well Jay victory at the PMC Stadium how do you view that performance and result I think it was always going to be difficult today um, for a number of reasons one we're coming in off the back of two losses um, we've not been used to losing this season um, the second, Plymouth are fighting for their lives. Um, they probably come away disappointed they didn't get something from the game because um, it was a, a real tight affair and I think that was due to the, the pitch as well. Um, we're obviously really happy for, for Baffins Milton. We, we've got to thank them for um, being able to host us today. Um, but unfortunately, the pitch did churn up. Very difficult to get hold of the ball. And as a footballing team, we wanted to get the ball down. We wanted to play. But unfortunately, I think it was a, a little bit of we couldn't and a little bit of we, we didn't want to uh, for some reason. Felt like in that first half, we lacked a little bit of bravery, lacked a bit of courage on the ball. We we knew against their diamond in the middle that we had to get quick switches out and, and we didn't do it quick enough and they were able to jump on us. And They've always got a threat through the counter-attack. They've got a lot of pace, they're direct with what they do. I think in, in moments we, we were good to that, um, but we didn't really create anything of, of, of note, um, apart from obviously the penalty at the, at the end of the first half. We take that and it's, it's different, but listen, the girls reacted really well at half-time. We knew exactly what we needed to. We reverted shape in the second half. We needed to use all 16 players um, and from set pieces we were we were causing them issue and it's fallen to jazz and it's a delicate touch. We've been resilient, resolute to keep them out and, and keep a clean sheet and ultimately we're, we're really happy with the three points. You mentioned your subs there. What do you make of the impact they made today? Yeah, they were finishers today. Um, they really helped us. Um, it was always going to be difficult um, with, with the game and um, players were struggling in the middle of the pitch um, because of the pitch was churning up. Um, and yeah, I think we, we reverted to a back three. We wanted to get um, our wingers high and wide and, and pin their full-backs and then we could get 2v2 on their back line and we could pick up second balls and, and we did that well um, and that was what got us up and got us the, the set piece and a great delivery and a, and a great finish. And, and as I said, then we've taken players, Izzy Collins only coming on for the last few minutes, but she's had to she's had to fight. Um, they've thrown five, six, seven players forward and it's really hard to kind of replicate that in training, um, especially when you've, you've got three points there and it was a much needed win today. Um, there were performance factors we can work on, but today was about winning um, and we did that. Yeah, how important was it to get that reaction from the girls after, like you said, two defeats? All week we've spoken about a reaction um, and what, what does that reaction look like? And we spoke buzzwords, bravery, courage. 
Um, but today it was about action in that, um, in front of our fans, who some of them had travelled the distance to Nottingham, and we knew we let them down. And today they can go home happy. Um, we know the performance wasn't at the level we want it to get to. However, we found a way to win the game, and top top teams find ways. And, and this is a top team. I keep saying it week on, uh, week in, week out. We're a top team, and we've, we've earned the right to be where we are with consistent results. Uh, and today was was no different. And next up for the Pompey women, it's Bournemouth away on Sunday at Long Lane in the Hampshire Cup. And just to note as well, their final game of the season, a home fixture in the league against the Crawley Wasps, has been moved to Fratton Park. So the Pompey women back at PO4. That's on Sunday, the 30th of April, and it's a two o'clock kickoff at Fratton Park. And I'm sure ticket news will be out very, very shortly. We'll try and catch up with um, Chairman Eric Colborne in the next couple of days to discuss that one. Right, 81400 is our text number here at Express. If you want to have your say on the show this evening, just over 15 minutes to do so. You can also email sport at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. For the remainder of the show, I want to know if you think the physicality of the Sheffield Wednesday side on Saturday was the defining factor between the two teams. Would you make any changes for tomorrow's trip to Accrington? And what do you think the score will be at the Crown Ground? More to come from myself, Sam and Alex, as well as you back home when the Football Hour returns for its conclusion next. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. You can either download their app or visit stagecoachbus.com to find out more information on the services they're able to provide you in your local area. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Alex Fletcher and Sam Macy for the remaining 13 and a half minutes here on the Football Hour on Express FM. And uh, Dave Byrne has got in touch on the email saying, good evening, Jake, good evening. Guess I expected Saturday's result, but I have to say I was slightly disappointed with Sheffield Wednesday as a team. I think they will win the league without being the best footballing side. This often happens. The kicking the ball away whenever we were setting a free kick grew increasingly irritating. And even when the red card was shown, the final act of the player sent off was to kick the ball away as he walked to a dugout. I would have given him an extra yellow. Seriously, the referee was weak and needed to get a grip on this much, much earlier. I thought Pompey really put a shift in and we were fully committed throughout which was good to see it was actually much more of a 90 minute performance than we've often seen this season and Dave continues by saying I think we possibly needed a tackle such as Sean Raggett which brought him a debatable yellow card much earlier in the game it always lists for crowds and uh, the atmosphere at Fratton Park and may just keep to get to our opponents in their shell a little bit longer anyway not our worst performance and possibly deserved a point on the balance of play uh, thank you very much Dave for getting in touch with the show tonight um, John on the emails John Randall I believe uh, someone we've not had email into the show um, 
either before for a very long time. John, thank you very much for getting in touch. Um, he's got in touch tonight saying uh, Moose has done all right so far, uh, but left foot on the right and right foot on the left on Saturday um, talks overcomplicating things for me. I know it is with modern way, but not with wingers, in my opinion, who I assume he expects to supply balls in for Bishop to put him in the back of the net. Crossing balls when running at pace requires you to use your best foot. Otherwise, there ends up being a lot of stopping and checking back and letting the opposition defence get back in position. It was nice to see Piggott given a chance. I think he could add something to the team after a few starts. John, thank you very much for getting in touch this evening. And that really follows my, my previous question, um, Alex, in regards to any changes. Uh, are, are there any changes required for tomorrow's trip to Accrington Stanley? Um, wingers on perhaps sides, but, but John believes shouldn't necessarily be playing given their strengths. Is that something you'd like to see altered between now and the end of the campaign? Look, playoffs are a long shot now is this just kind of like a perhaps a, a stepping stone for next season as much as it pains us to say it yeah i think i think that's the the reality now after these last two defeats um i think in terms of the, the positioning and the personnel for the game on uh, on tuesday it, it's a difficult one because i think i've, I've no issue with managers wanting to play a, a, a perhaps a attractive brand of football let's say something that emulates um what teams play in, in high divisions but I think if you're playing with two strikers, two big strikers, let's be honest, target men, both have obviously got qualities as well, but primarily are target men. You do want, as, as Dima says, I completely mm -hmm. agree with it, you want wingers that are on their strong foot that can cross the balls in. Yeah. Um, so that, that's exactly what you need um, in, in terms of... Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. That's exactly <laughs> what you need when you're playing that kind of system. Now, yeah. However, if you play a different system when you've got an attacking mid, whether that be someone like Jacobs we saw a couple of games ago, then perhaps you change that up and you, you play things differently. You play with wingers that are more likely to be on their strong foot when shooting rather than crossing. For me, if you're playing a 4-4-2, you're playing with two big strikers, you are playing a relatively simple style of football, which is fine at League One level, but you can't overcomplicate it because then, you know, it's, it's trying to put sort of, you know, square pegs and round holes kind of, kind of situation and, and you don't get anywhere, especially when you need to be creative to try and score a goal. Speaking of wingers, uh, some news regarding Ronan Curtis. We knew um, last week that he had done his ACL um, recently. Um, Neil Allen from the Portsmouth News Today reporting that after seeing a knee specialist in London, Ronan Curtis is expected to be out for nine months. That takes him all the way up to mid-December. So, yeah, uh, thank you to Neil Allen for reporting that news earlier today. Nine months for Ronan Curtis, Sam, a player who's flourished so far under John Messino. We know he's had a contract in the summer. Given he's going to be out for half of next season, we know that nine months takes us to mid-December. and We know there can be complications there. We, we may not see him potentially until January 2024 with, with a recovery of, of these kind of injuries and, and how they can happen. Would that be someone, would Renan Curtis be a player you personally would like to see the club continue to sort of reward, <coughs> reward his loyalty with a new contract in the summer, despite the fact that he's going to miss half the next season? I think it's a really hard thing to sort of put your finger on and knowing the club, I think that they will give him a new contract. If you look at how they've dealt with the Jaden Reed situation for, for, for all the flaws which Pompey have had over the years, that isn't one of them. And I think if they can give Ronan Curtis the same support as they've given Jaden Reed over the last couple of seasons, then that's that's perfect. I think I think you I think we owe it to him to give yeah. him that opportunity yeah. and the chance because if he he's been so good for us over 
over the last four or five years. And mm. I think I think he, that he's a Monday Pompey legend. Like as much as much as, as much stick as he gets, he is. He's probably been our best player this like in the 2010s and, and since probably since the 2010s. So it's it's tough, but I think I think we owe it to him to give him that contract and, and support his rehab. Mm. Absolutely. Sam, thank you very much. Alex, we'll be back with both of you with your final thoughts and score predictions very soon. But first now, to take a little bit of a closer look into Pompey's next opponent. It's a midweek trip to the crown ground for the Blues, this time around Accrington Stanley, the opposition in Lancashire. Mason Jordan has a closer look on John Coleman's side. Pompey have suffered back-to-back defeats for the first time under John Messino following Saturday's 1-0 loss at home to league leaders Sheffield Wednesday. Up next, a trip to Accrington Stanley awaits the Blues. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Aki have managed to stop Portsmouth from securing a victory at the Crown Ground in each of the last five meetings there. Pompey were last victorious on this pitch back in March 2016 when Michael Doyle's thunderous volley helped Paul Cook's side win a 3-1 win in League 2. Here's a closer look into the side aiming to avoid the drop back down to the fourth tier this term. Manager. Between 1999 and 2012, John Coleman had managed Accrington Stanley, whom he was able to be successful with, winning promotion on three occasions with the final one in 2006, resulting in the club's entry into the Football League. In January 2012, Coleman and his assistant Jimmy Bell left Lancashire to take position in in the dugout at Rochdale. However, they returned to Aki just 20 months later following less successful stints at Southport and Sligo Rovers. Since his reappointment at the Crown Ground in September 2014, Coleman has overseen 450 league matches and has taken the club from the fourth tier of English football into League One, following promotions as champions of League Two in 2018. One to watch. Brentford Loney Aaron Presley, who is squad number 20 at Accrington is our one to watch this time around. The 21-year-old Scottish forward has found the back of the net on three occasions in just eight appearances. That's following his arrival from the West London side back in January. Presley spent last season on loan at AFC Wimbledon in League One, but managed just two goals in 21 league games. He's also been capped by Scotland under 16 and under 17 levels, but has yet to receive a call-up for the senior team. Top scorer. Portsmouth-born midfielder Tommy Lee is currently Aki's leading scorer both in the league and across all competitions. The 22-year-old who played for Baffins Milton Rovers and Bognor Regis Town before making the switch to Accrington has so far contributed to six league goals this campaign. Lee has also found the back of the net once in the FA Cup this season and on four separate occasions on the club's magnificent run to the Papa John's Trophy semi-finals where they were denied a chance to play at Wembley by Bolton Wanderers. Current form. Whilst Accrington have lost only only one of their previous five league outings, they remain in true danger of dropping out of League One this season. John Coleman's side currently occupy 20th position and are just two points better off than Morecambe in 21st, though they have played two games fewer than their Lancashire rivals. Last time out at the weekend, Aki held Charlton Athletic to a one-all draw at the Valley thanks to a first-half opener from veteran Sean Wally in South London. Can the Blues return to winning ways and collect their first maximum point return away at Accrington for the first time in seven years. All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. 
Thank you, Mason Jordan, taking a closer look into Accrington Stanley, Pompey's opponents for this midweek fixture at the Crown Ground. Alex Fletcher, Sam Macy for the final few moments. Alex, it has been a very, very long time since Pompey picked up uh, all three points away at Accrington Stanley. You have to go back to, and I, and I hate to say this, you have to go back all the way to 2016, uh, that, that playoff campaign under Paul Cook when Michael Doyle hit that volley at the Crown Grounds in a 3-1 victory over Atkinson and Stanley. I hate to say all the way because 2016, that season, just seems like yesterday, but it was seven years ago. That's painful to say. Um, a, a tough place for Pompey to go, Alex. Yeah, I mean that's that's quite an unbelievable stat to be honest with you. I didn't quite realise it had been that long since we'd uh, since we've won at Atkinson. Uh, listen, it's going to be a tough game, but they are in a, as, as they often are in, in a slightly precarious position. I think as, as as far as far as we're concerned, we we can't let the Barnsley and Sheffield Wednesday defeat get us down. As I said earlier in the show, we've been able to beat these kind of teams in these kind of games, and that's a a, a steady sign of progress. And I think that's exactly what we've got to do here. Is just continue on, play the way that we play, you know, in those games that we've won mm. previously. Don't change up the system, don't change up too many of the personnel. I think we'll be absolutely fine going away from home there. It, it is a game that so far under Messini, I would expect us to win, yeah. which will obviously increase my disappointment if we don't <laughs> tomorrow. But uh, I'm, I'm at least feeling somewhat confident. Yeah. Uh, tickets still available for Pompey fans for tomorrow night's game. Over 550 have been snapped up by Blues fans so far for the trip to the ground, Crown Ground 7.45 kickoff, and they will remain on sale till 10.30 tomorrow morning. Adults priced at £20, seniors 64 plus at £15. So are students and juniors 12 to 17 just £10. Children 11 and under for just a fiver. Tickets on sale until 10.30 tomorrow morning. A very quick score prediction, please. Alex Fletcher. I'm going to go for a 2-1 away win. 2-1 win, says Alex Sam Macy. 1-0 uh, Pompey, Colby Bishop against his former club. 1-0, lovely stuff. I'm going to go for a 3-1 Pompey victory. And you can catch all of the unmissable action as the Blues take on Atkinson Stanley tomorrow from 7. Unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Back to back defeats for the Blues following a 1 0 defeat at home to league leaders Sheffield Wednesday. Right, the six yard box and they smash it into the bottom corner from Windass. Bottom corner, no chance for Macy. Up next, the Blues travel to the Wham Stadium to take on Accrington Stanley under the South Lancashire floodlights. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday from 7. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. So almost 24 hours away from our coverage here on 93.7 Express FM of Pompey versus Atkinson Stanley in match day number 36 of the Blues League One campaign. Looking to return to winning ways after back-to-back defeats for the first time under John Musino. Coverage starts here from 7 o'clock tomorrow for a 7.45 kickoff up in Lancashire. Big thank you to everybody who tuned in to the show this evening. A big cheers to everyone who got involved on the text the tweets and the emails as well and the biggest of thank yous to both Alex Fletcher and Sam Macy for accompanying me on the show throughout the course of the evening and of course a big thank you to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting this season's running of the Football Hour. Right, coming up here on Express FM this evening Jeff and Aid return with a soft rock show straight after the news at 7 o'clock. They'll be chatting with David Courtney about Paul McCartney and there's also new music including Lizzie McAlpine, Billy Lockett and Paramore as well. 
Kevin Stokes returns with that 80 show from 9 and then tomorrow morning of course wake up nice and early from 6.30 with Ian James with Express Breakfast Pompey Live back from 7 over the white line this Wednesday for your next football fix with Henry Deacon and I'll be back on Friday from 6 with two more Pompey fans to preview Pompey's trip to Bristol Rovers in League 1 on Saturday but until then Blues fans have yourself a great evening thanks for listening and good night FM and DAB Digital Radio. Online and on your smart speaker. Play Express FM. Local radio for Portsmouth. This is Express FM.